everyone. Welcome to Novel Finds, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. Hey, what's up? I'm Maggie. And I'm Julia. And today we are sitting down with my friend, Olivia Grady. She is an actor, dare I say, producer, director, artist in New York City. And we are going to talk about one of her all-time favorite books today. Olivia, how are you doing? Dare you say, I'm doing great. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. I'm truly honored, truly, truly honored. So thank you for having me. This is a delight. Thank you for for coming on. Yeah, of course. I mean, I would not, I would not miss this for the world. Oh, that's really, that's really generous. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. So all of the guests for the rest of this season, we really like flattery. I'm going to need you to step up. I'm going to need you to, you know, really just bear your soul in the first 20 seconds. 100%. We feed off Mm -hmm. your compliments. So thank you. (laughs) Flattery will get you everywhere. Everywhere, people. people. Everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. So... (laughs) Today, we are talking about uh, Sally Rooney's book, Normal People, which is very exciting because I had never read it before. Um, You guys had read it before, though. Yes. I read it last year, actually, just before the show. Oh, God. Two years ago, I guess. Just before I watched the show. Oh, it is a show. I didn't know. (laughs) It is. It is, which I have to say, I mean, I that's jumping ahead a little bit, but I really enjoyed the show. Actually, I agree. Very well done. I thought I'd never say that, but I incredible agreed. Yes, 100% I think agreed. perfectly captured. Okay, but we'll talk right, about right. that more later. But it is Anywho. an amazing TV show. But also read the book. <laughs> right. okay. Um, before we really dive in, how about mm-hmm. I give us a summary? Okay, so I'm really sorry about this because it's like the longest summary ever. I don't know what happened to me today, but here we go. Uh, Novel, novel finds. (laughs) Normal Normal people follows the complex friendship and relationship between two teenagers, Connell and Marianne, who attend the same secondary school and then both go to Trinity College, Dublin. Connell is a popular, handsome, and highly intelligent secondary school student who begins a relationship with the unpopular, intimidating, yet equally intelligent Marianne, whose mother employs Connell's mother as a cleaner. Connell keeps the affair a secret from school friends out of shame, but ends up attending Trinity with Marianne after the summer and reconciling. Well-off Marianne blossoms at university, becoming pretty and popular, while Connell struggles for the first time in his life to fit in properly with his peers. From the low-level bullying in the name of banter that Marianne faces at school and the ecstasy of the first kiss to the brutality of the first betrayal, all the formative experiences are navigated here in Normal People. Uh, The pair weave in and out of each other's lives across their university years, developing an intense bond that brings to light the traumas and insecurities that make them both who they are. Normal People is an honest and visceral look at love, mental health, class, and growing up between two young adults whose lives are woven together. All right. Drop the mic. Boom. Done. See you guys later. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And fun fact for you guys. I forgot to look up fun facts 
But I still have a small speaking portion here because um, we would like to extend just probably an episode long trigger warning, content warning for people that are sensitive to uh, mental health issues as well as um, abuse and familial abuse. So just use discretion. We'll try to, you know, say, hey, skip ahead or trigger warning for like the next couple of minutes when we get to those harder sections, but just in general. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, Julia. Really Mm -hmm. appreciate that. Hopping in, Olivia, this is one of your favorite books or your all-time favorite book, but how many times have you read Normal People? Oh, I I think all the way through, like really taking my time with it, probably twice or three times. And then, you know, just going back to it to pick up a quote or, you know, a little tidbit. I also had it with me when I was watching the show also. I kind of just liked to, I don't know, I'm definitely one of those people who, I don't know if you had this experience ever, but in middle school, I had a teacher tell me, don't mark your books up, like don't write in them, don't highlight because it's disrespectful to the author. So for a while, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to be disrespectful to the author. I'm like such a reader. I don't. And then now I think it's the total opposite. I feel like I'm paying so much of respect to the author by really diving in and underlying and, you know, like Mm -hmm. just having a tangible thing that I you know, that it showed that I really dove into it. So I definitely also have that too, just of underlining and going back to certain parts, highlights and post-its and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Love that stuff. Love that stuff now. My high school English teacher, like my freshman year in high school, um, he actually wanted us to write in our books. It was like he was trying to teach us how to notate. And Mm. I was like, no, I refuse. I will not be writing in any of these books. It took probably like a year to two years for me to actually do that. Um, Yeah. So that's crazy that you had basically the opposite where she was like, don't. Literally. It was like, (laughs) do not do this. It's disrespectful. Don't dog ear, you know, don't like do any of those things. And now I'm Mm -hmm. such like a... I don't know if it's active more so when you're reading because I've I think reading so could be a couple of different things. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like I need to be a really hands on mm-hmm. like it's almost my contribution to being a part of the story as well. So I yeah, I kind of I don't know. What do you feel about that, Maggie? Do you do that? I, it's actually very interesting because I do it with some books, but it's not even necessarily like my favorite books. It's just that mm. I, w- I will start reading a book and know that I need to start underli- underlining or like highlighting passages um, because they're like hitting me so hard that I know I need to focus on them more. Mm. But books like The Night Circus, which is my all-time favorite book, I don't touch at all. I won't even like dog ear it. I only use a bookmark. And I've, I purchased a new copy of Normal People to read here. And I dog eared like five pages. <laughs> and I like enjoy the book. I love the book, but I just, it's, it's like a different experience. I can't even really explain why I choose books to like highlight and 
sort of weared them down a little bit. And mm-hmm. some books, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, they must remain pristine. But yeah, that I also makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I have like a nice box set of Jane Austen books. Like, I will not touch those. I'll read them, but I won't like underline or dog ear or anything like that because they're just so beautiful. Nice. I yeah. Love- <laughs> Also love Jane Austen. Shout out, uh, shout out, Jane Austen, um, <laughs> my girl. <laughs> oh my gosh! So Olivia, how did you come across normal people? So this is actually crazy. I this was the first book of hers that I had read. She has three now, but at the time there was one that came before this one, and. I think I had heard her name just in passing. She was starting to become fairly popular. I think the New York Times had an article on her. And I just started looking at her interviews. Like, I was looking at all these articles about her. It's like, oh my gosh, she's 25. She's from Ireland. She's a writer. She used to do, like, short essays. And I just became so interested in her and curious about her that then I was like, okay, I really want to read her books. So it was less the book and more of the author, which was interesting. But sometimes I get into these rabbit holes of curiosity where I'm like, I want to watch every video on you, read everything about you, like that kind of thing. And so I was reading a ton of her interviews and articles. And then I had wrote, um, I had read her short essay, one of her short essays. And then I was like, okay, I definitely have to pick up normal people. And so that was how that was how I came on kind of came onto the Sally Rooney train, which I am of an avid fan of. <laughs> that is such a cool way to come across an author. Yeah, Very, I yeah. I do that with like actors, director I mean I do that with a ton of people who I'm just curious about. Like I have such a almost like an uh, it sounds so gross, like a, like an addictive personality almost with things like that, where I just want to like be fulfilled yeah. with everything and like really dive in and be like super engulfed in mm-hmm. the thing, whatever that is. And so she was my she was my uh, my rabbit hole for that day. Nice. I think that's pretty normal, though. I mean, I think it's weird to say it out loud, but I think mm-hmm. it's pretty normal to sort of become. To fixate on... Fixate and sort of Mm -hmm. become enthralled by somebody, especially, I I guess for me, especially like an artist who's our age. It's sort of like, oh, what do you have to say about the world? How did you do it? Like, where have you come from? Like, how did you find your art and your success and your creativity? So, yeah, I I think that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. One of the biggest things was definitely, like, at the time, this was, like, right before the pandemic. So probably very, very beginning of 2020, if not end of 2019. And it was like, oh my gosh, I'm 23 and you're 25. Like what? That's so crazy. I'm, and and now we're about to be 26. Um, Uh (laughs) Are we kidding? Um, Pandemics. uh, We're old. Literally like in not pandemic years, I still think I'm 23. So just putting that out there. Um, these these just don't count. These these years don't count. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the biggest thing. Like, oh my gosh, you're so close to my age, and you have such a rich understanding of people and relationships and dialogue. Even though something that I've picked up in her books is she doesn't 
use quotations, really. So yeah. that's that... one of the first thing I noticed when I started it. I was texting Maggie. Was I texting you? We might have just been chatting in general. I think um, we were just chatting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Like, I apologize. Even if normal people is not my cup of tea, I really like her writing style. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was really neat. And she does it for all of her books. Yeah. She never uses quotations, which I think is very interesting. I, I know and, that is. It's so interesting. I Because I wasn't sure because this was the first one that I had read and I felt like it made so much sense for this particular book as well and these particular characters and I was Mm -hmm. talking to a friend about this book um a while ago she was like it almost made me think are these things actually being said out loud or are these like it almost like blurs the line Mm -hmm. between Mm -hmm. what's actually being spoken and what is just maybe a thought or what's something that they feel like they're sharing but silently, like just all these different theories we were coming up with. And I thought that was so cool too, because she's definitely a conversation starter as well. That is super cool. Isn't there, there's a classic book that's like this too. I'm trying to think of what it is. It's not A Farewell to Arms, I don't think. Oh. The one, maybe it's No Country for Old Men. Hmm. I have not read that one. That's super interesting though. It's been a few years since I've read them. I went on a, a classics binge just because I missed a ton of them. But Yeah, same actually in school. I don't know why, but I I was in a like more of the more of the higher level English classes, but we yep. didn't read yep. some of the classics, which was kind of weird. Right. They picked different classics for us to read. We didn't yeah. read the standard ones. Like I still haven't read Of Mice and Men or same. Lord of the Flies. I have oh, no Lord interest. Of the, Lord in of the either. Flies was good. I liked that one. <laughs> I'm very strange <laughs> with my book options. I'm like the Lord of the Flies, yeah. <laughs> but also, I have to say, I saw this really iconic meme that was like, if this was a group of women on an island and like, you know, femme identifying humans, this would not be happening. Like, the Lord of the Flies would not have happened. It's because this is a group of boys, like. <laughs> This is why absolutely. That. <laughs> you tell them. Like, I was like, correct, correct <laughs> meme, correct. <laughs> I think I saw that where they were like, the girls would have like divided food. They would have yeah. built a house. Like they would have found a way to make clothes. <laughs> right. Like one group is the hunter gatherers. Yeah. The others like they would have a full and... democracy. Exactly. Yes. Uh, oh, I no love offense, it. boys. <laughs> um, but offense. You know, but also, uh, (laughs) um, we've read Lord of the Flies. We know what you did. Yeah, we know Mm -hmm. you. We know you. You were mean to that poor little boy. What was his name? Piggy. Well, that's what they called him as a nickname. Like awful. Like truly, someone Piggy because he was chubby. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's rude. Did they eat him? No, no, it wasn't that they did. I don't know though, what Lord right? of the Flies is. I know that it's a bunch of crazy boys on an island. I didn't know if there was cannibalism or not. Do they eat anybody? I thought I, they just I kind think, of became murdery. Yeah, it did become mur- maybe they didn't eat him. There's there was definitely one who was like, yeah, that would have gone down that path. Could have gone down that path. Boys, okay, okay. offense, no. <laughs> All right, we're getting off topic here. We're getting off track. Sorry. 
Um, <laughs> Olivia, what yes. makes normal people a favorite for you? Oh, gosh. I think on a personal level, as an artist, the kind of art that I'm really interested in indulging in and it, uh, partaking in is really focused on human relationships and either romantically between family members, between friends. I just, I feel like there's so many interesting lines in relationships where friends can feel like soulmates and some friends can like, you can talk about this one thing with that maybe you can't talk about with someone who you're really close to. Like there's just so many different things. And I feel like this particular book explores a really beautiful, like awful in a lot of ways too, but a really beautiful, raw relationship between two characters. And I think that the love that Connell and Marianne have together and for each other is super special and isn't always a great thing also. Like, I just love kind of the duplicity of how relationships can be different things and also love is amazing and beautiful, but also maybe not for certain people to experience together, even if they feel that way towards each other. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just feel like so many different things come up in this one relationship that it's not just bread and butter. It is not just black and white. Like it's so messy and raw and very human. And I thought that Sally Rooney, in general, her writing, but focusing on this particular relationship I just think she has such an amazing understanding of the human brain and human emotions and certain things that are said between people and certain things that aren't said between people. Like so many of the frustrations that I had with the characters were, I wish you would just be honest with each other. Like I wish you would just tell each other certain things, but that's so real. That's us in real life. So like, It was interesting to be a third party perspective into something that has very well happened to myself as well. Whereas like someone could very well have been watching me and being like, why don't you just say that thing? Like, why don't you just do that thing? Like, I'm so frustrated by you right now. Like, it's so cool that she did such an amazing job of bringing life to a page in such like a specific, beautiful, but crazy messy way to absolutely yeah. they are like uh connell and marianne feel like the king and queen of not saying how they feel about each other and yeah. because of it they keep yeah. missing out on these opportunities with one another well they rely so much on the fact that they've known each other since they were young yeah. and yeah. that they have a deep connection with each other they don't they feel like I feel like they feel like Mm. they can read each other's mind and like faces and emotions, but like, obviously it's not very well because they're constantly having miscommunication because they're not actually talking. They're just putting what they're thinking onto the other person. Yes. I actually, okay. I highlighted a part of this book that I'm going to share. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it happens so many times in the book. So you could probably open it and find a moment where (laughs) they are tense with one another. (laughs) I thought that it really captured the anxiety that they feel 
towards opening up with one another. And this is from Mm -hmm. Connell's point of view. And it was important for me that I shared it from his point of view because I feel like I'm very team Marianne in this Mm -hmm. book and I get like really angry. So Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'll give, I'll cut Connell some slack. I will be Maggie. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to be one for the people. Okay. Um, Basically um, they are in university. It's like summer break and Connell doesn't have a place to live for the summer. Mm-hmm. And instead of asking Marianne That's to live one of with the her, most frustrating parts. Mm-hmm. That was so dumb. It's so that awkward. so dumb. Okay, so I'm going to skip around a bit so I don't read the whole thing, but I'm going to give you guys <laughs> an idea of what it's like to be in his head and in their relationship. Mm-hmm. The reality was that he stayed in Marianne's apartment most nights anyways. He could just tell her about the situation and ask if he could stay in her place until September. He knew she would say yes. He thought she would say yes. It was hard to imagine her not saying yes. But he found himself putting off the conversation, planning to bring it up with her and then last minute failing to. It just felt too much like asking her for money. He and Marianne never talked about money. They had never talked, for example, about the fact that her mother paid his mother money to scrub their floors and hang their laundry or about the fact that this money circulated indirectly to Connell, who spent it as often as not on Marianne. He hated having to think about things like that. He knew Marianne never thought that way. Um, And then he goes up to Marianne. Um, He thought he would tell her about the rent situation that night in bed. He felt very afraid of losing her. But when they got to bed that night, they fell asleep. He thought of waking her up, but he couldn't. He decided he would wait until after his last exam to talk to her about moving home. And then he goes, finally, he decides to tell her. This is all on the same page, you guys. It's very stressful. So much angst. (laughs) Yes. He says, hey, listen, by the way, it looks like I won't be able to pay rent up here this summer. Marianne looked up from her coffee and said flatly, what? Yeah, he said, I'm going to have to move out of Niall's place. When, said Marianne, pretty soon, maybe next week. Her face hardened without displaying any particular emotion. Oh, she said, you'll be going home then. He rubbed at his breastbone then, feeling short of breath. Looks like it. Yeah, he said. You guys. Oh, God. He had an opportunity and he did not take it. Oh, Oh, gosh. I do totally agree with what you said, though, about definitely being like leaning more towards Team Marianne in this book. And but that that passage got my heartstring a little bit. Yeah, it got my heartstring. And I will say that it really benefited for me to watch the show. Because actually, the first time I read the book, I was kind of like, oh, I feel like Connell is gaslighting her or they're like both really abusive to one another. And it was like really hard for me to read. And then when I was able to like see it and see like the mental health struggles that they were both going through at the same time, it sort Mm -hmm. of made the relationship so Mm -hmm. much more heartbreaking because they're two people who are in love but are unable to be in a relationship because they cannot overcome what they are feeling on the inside about themselves and their past and their histories. So, and then upon rereading, like I really enjoyed my reread of Mm. the book, which I thought was very interesting. Like, I feel like the show actually really helped me love the story so much more. Yeah. That's something that I, that's primarily what I was having an issue with was it was in the early stages of their relationships it just it seemed so manipulative to me it was just he 
hides his relationship from everyone and she lets him and it's just like it's so hard to watch someone like be in love with another person but then that other person just seemingly treats them like garbage Mm. it was it was difficult but then like once we got to college and I I think I realized that Connell had massive anxiety when he went yeah. to the party in college and he's yeah. just standing there wearing a backpack and just like I I have spiders in my backpack but I don't want to bring attention to the backpack so I can't touch it so I'm going to drink a Bud Light instead and I like have absolutely been there before <laughs> It's like I know no one here <laughs> I don't, don't look at my backpack. Right? <laughs> don't, I don't. There's nothing bad in here. Just don't look at it. <laughs> oh my god! If you see something, say something. That's literally what that just. <laughs> oh. So oh, it no. got it got easier to read once they got to college and the relationship changed. But when it was in the the primary, the secondary school, uh, it was it was difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it was such a massive shift from high school to college, mm-hmm. which is kind of rare, I think, in mo- in most books. But mostly because, too, their roles, like, switched, which was super interesting. Like, Marianne comes into her own and finally finds, like, her people. And Connell yeah. just has never been in a new environment before. But... Mm-hmm. It it is really heartbreaking to see two like broken, really hurting people try to like find their way around each other and try to like find a way to keep coming together. And mm-hmm. it's interesting too because the first time that I read it, the ending had upset me so much. But then oh. when I reread it, I was kind of like that that needed to happen, I think. Like, it, it was very, it, it was strange, too, like, the importance of a reread with this book. I totally agree with you, Maggie, on that. Yeah, the first time I read it, I do not do this often, but I literally threw the book. I was so angry. I was like, excuse uh, me? <laughs> no. And I do not do this often, but I threw <laughs> I've done that once before, too. Olivia, really? have you thrown a book before? <laughs> I don't know if I've thrown a book as much as I've, like, slammed it shut and just been like, mm. I need a moment. Like, I just mm-hmm. I need to get out of right here. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Enough. I, I need to that. get out of this world. <laughs> Shutting the door on that world. Coming back to reality for a moment. It's um, okay. quite a visceral feeling to throw a book across the room. Which book did you throw across the yes. room? Uh, so I threw the book Damsel across the room. Oh. I was on tour. So it was like in a hotel. So I'm sure the people around me were like, what was that random thud? <laughs> um, <laughs> what was that suspicious noise? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then no one investigated because they didn't actually care. Um <laughs> But it was just a really frustrating book because there's a damsel in distress. It's a fantasy. And she is rescued by a knight from a dragon guarding her tower, basically. Right. I would throw the book too already. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's this huge secret that we find out later. And then you find out something 
just incredibly gross that happened in order for the the knight to save the damsel and the knight is just a giant piece of steaming garbage um throughout the entire book and so i had to read about this really vibrant like naive young woman being quote unquote rescued from a tower to then just get abused and like she's always cold and just getting like slower and and smaller and just like that whole thing but then the secret is revealed and like suddenly she's vibrant again but then it's the end of the book (laughs) i i threw it across the room i was so angry i was so angry uh oh i still have it i still have it on my shelf i just haven't read it i just look at it and glare sometimes (laughs) Sometimes you need something to like keep your hate fire alive. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's that book. <laughs> I understand. That's, anyway, um, Olivia, oh, do you yes. have a favorite line or section <laughs> of the book that you would like to share? I actually. I do have a favorite line. And for some reason, this one always kind of like piqued my interest because I feel like. This is something that I can relate to sometimes, but it's Marianne had the sense that her real life was happening somewhere very far away, happening without her, and she didn't know if she would ever find out where it was or become part of it. Oh, I have highlighted that part in both of my copies of was this that book. She was in Sweden. I think uh, so, actually. Yeah, I think that was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just like that line breaks my heart and also. It's very real. Like, it's so, I don't, I feel like especially now and like times are so weird in Mm -hmm. the world right now. Like, it feels like we're living this life or I feel like I'm living this life, but there's something also kind of working in tandem. Like, there's also Mm -hmm. sort of like. There's a disassociation. Yeah. Like, very much so. And it happens to me mostly at work. Um, which is you know, kind of not really my problem, but no, no, no oh very much is. It's fine. Very much Everyone does problem. it. Everyone, but it's like so. It's very easy for me at this moment to not be present and to have to actively work to be present, whatever you know that means mm-hmm. for the moment. And so, just the idea that there's something else out there and like you don't know if you're ever going to be a part of it like that just it's it's such a crazy thing because I something that also I felt like was present in the book was the idea of hope like I always felt like there was an underlining kind of feeling of hope from both characters you know off and on but Marianne to me was hope and so when this line presented itself in the book, I was like, wow, that kind of just like squashed a little bit of this part that I had like yearning for her to be the thing that would make everything better, kind of. Yeah. Oh, gosh, kills me. But I love that line. I think it's so beautiful. It is and a beautiful line. Also awful. <laughs> but- <laughs> Both. <laughs> well, it just, it really captures raw emotion. Like, yeah. this book is very raw, and yeah. that line, I think, is extra raw. 
Yeah. Why, why not? You know, mm-hmm. just with raw, just keep being yeah. more raw, you know, I'm a big fan. <laughs> Let's see how many times we can fit the word raw in this episode. <laughs> it's going to just start becoming like gross sounding. <laughs> uh so i'm not i'm not gonna read my favorite section but i am gonna tell you guys about it um because it's kind of long but it's when marianne is in the grocery store and she's talking to one of her friends on the phone about the social construct of work (laughs) and money and i was like yes this is funny uh because she was just talking about how Money is a social construct. And she's like, yeah, well, money is also a very real social construct and I like it. Mm. And and she's like, but you could be spending your time doing something else. And and she's like, well, you could be too. And so your decision making is a social construct. And it was just one of those very uh, – uh, it resonated with me because I believe that time is a construct and it mm. is a social construct that people have created, but it, we all live by it. It's a very strong social construct. So, but I just thought it was funny. <laughs> that is. Oh, Julia, <laughs> bringing levity. <laughs> it's so true, though. That's that's yeah. It's so funny to think that we're like we had this whole world, we have this whole world, and we're just like these little like people who are like, okay, let's trade paper for things and let's like, you know, mm-hmm. do now we're twenty something. Like that's so old. Like what like why? <laughs> like what are we doing? Like what I went down Ask the real questions. Yeah. Oh my god. I went down a rabbit hole once in like my early twenties, because I am no long I'm in my late twenties now. Um which is a weird thing to think about. And I went down a rabbit hole of thought one night, probably in college, just about the concept of money. Mm. And I'm not going to go into it here, just that I understand why money is a thing now. Mm. Like I have a very deep understanding of money at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to talk to me about it, send me a DM. Oh, Julia. I got you, Julia. <laughs> Olivia pulls out her phone. I know. I'm like, <laughs> right now. Can we, uh, can we sidebar on this? <laughs> oh, my gosh. With okay. love. So we kind of touched on their relationship throughout the years because this whole book is just like a love story to Connell and Marianne. But how did you personally feel? reading through Connell and Marianne's life from teens to almost post-grad. Yeah. And do you have any friendships like that-ish? Just like long-lasting ones. They don't have to be romantic. Okay. I was like, I don't know if I have uh, that sort of a situation. I do do have some very long relationships, though, from like toddler to now, which is crazy. Nice. I have three girls who we kind of – we're in each other's sphere, and then we got really close in middle school, uh, high school, and we're about to be in one of their weddings in September. So it's crazy, like so crazy. Um, and putting it in context of this, like, I mean, that must be bizarre to have been in love with someone for that long. Like, that's mm-hmm. you're watching someone grow up as you're growing up too, and like. 
I feel like most relationships, how they work is you just have to keep growing together. And although I wouldn't necessarily say that their relationship worked slash works, I do think that they amazingly grew together and changed kind of simultaneously. And even though they keep missing each other, they're still very much intrigued by each other and still very much attracted to each other and love each other. That's massive. Like that is so mind blowing to me that you can be so invested in someone for different Mm -hmm. phases of your life. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. So I, I thought it was really amazing to watch them from teens to post-grad, but also I agree with you, Julia, that the beginning was definitely a little bit harder to swallow than maybe more into like the college Mm -hmm. and later years for some reason, but yeah. Yeah. What about you, Maggie? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's very interesting just because even I have a few friendships that have sort of lasted from like high school until now. And I think that people change so much in their early 20s and their late teens. Obviously, we change a lot growing up in general, but it's sort of our most formative years just in terms of us deciding who we want to be and what our beliefs are and who we are when we finally get out of the house or our hometowns or whatever happens. And I think that it's really beautiful that Connell and Marianne sort of still wanted to be with each other, even as they continued growing. And also that they never once said to each other, like, they didn't like who they were becoming. They just constantly were there for the the other person. Mm-hmm. However they were, they just really loved and accepted them as they were. So then what do you think it is that keeps Connell and Marianne, like, cir- uh, circling each other? What keeps them in the same sphere for so long. Obviously they're invested in the friendship, but like it starts out so tumultuous. What do you think it is that actually keeps them together? Yeah. I love that question. There's so many things. I think Marianne really wants to be loved at that point in the book. I I mean, in general, but specifically at that point too, because she really has no one. I think in the quiet and, you know, not in front of everyone, she does get love from Connell or feels Mm -hmm. like she is. And so at least for that point, but then I think too, like just as it keeps progressing, like it's constantly an unknown. It's constantly kind of a game. Like, will they, won't they? Like this back and forth kind of tug of war that it's like, it's interesting. They're, they're magnetically pulled to each other and repelling constantly. And they know that the other will always be there. So as far as someone goes, you know, you can never say that they didn't show up for each other, Mm -hmm. even when someone was being terrible or not their best self. And so it was kind I feel like it's almost, you know, they say you say the worst things to like your family members because they have nowhere to go. Like you can't not be family. You can't, I, I just think that they don't ever really get their answer. So I think that's why they kind of keep saying like, Mm -hmm. it could always like, it's always a possibility. Like it's a very attractive thing to always have an option. I think in Mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. I I could agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, They're just so interesting. 
I think it's it's like an indescribable connection that they've mm-hmm. made with one another. They feel They're just soulmates connected in whether that's like romantically or as friends or if they're soulmates. And so it allows them to lean on each other in just a very like open way right away with one another. And um, it's just what they continue to do. And I think that they do rely on the other one to be there because of Mm -hmm. the connection that they feel. So they, they count on the fact that no matter what will happen, the other person will be there in some way. That reminds me of something that I read once. It was like an Instagram stupid graphic thingy, but it really <laughs> hit me like so hard. I was like, I know, just a warning there. Just don't know how legit this is. But this woman was saying something about, I don't know if it was soulmates or some sort of like cosmic relationship. I don't know. But like she she was providing an argument for how you're not supposed to end up with that person and she was saying like I just keep thinking of this really beautiful moment and you know this is very woo woo but it reminds me of these two very much like isn't it so nice to think that there's someone out there who like before you come to earth or something like that is just like all right that we're gonna be the person who's gonna help each other learn that lesson and it's really gonna hurt and we're not like supposed to be together but we're gonna go do that thing it's gonna feel amazing because we're supposed to be each other's like person but it's never supposed to be that you're just supposed to go do the thing learn the lesson and then you part ways Mm -hmm. and I just like that reminded me so much when I read that of these two because I feel like in my opinion they're not supposed to be together I think they know each other really well and they love each other so much but that's not always enough to have a foundation for a healthy, you know, amazing, balanced relationship. Mm-hmm. I think they can give each other a lot, but at the end of the day, like, it's just never going to be, they're just not meant to be together. And that's such a hard thing to learn, especially because when the first time I was reading this book, I was in a very different place than I am now. I was like, yeah. no, they have to be together. Like, I, that's terrible. Like, I don't want them to not. Like, oh gosh, I was so upset. And then now, like, a, where I'm at definitely plays a part. But it's like, no, that's not your person. You're not supposed to feel hurt by your person. You're not supposed no. to be, you know, feeling like you're broken or you're not contributing enough or you're not like the exact right person it just should feel comfortable and that was like a big jar too for me with like the teen years to the post-grad because I think like you just have to learn that lesson where the person who like gives you anxiety and gives you the nerves and the anxious butterflies is just not your person like that's not someone who you can have a foundation with I guess yeah also it's not mentally healthy just in general to have anxiety constantly like that that chemically messes with your brain and you're not supposed to do that yeah and as kids like as teens that's exciting like it's oh gosh like we're Mm -hmm. you know no one knows like all you know whatever but when post-grad comes around you're not kids anymore you deserve to have a 
fulfilled, full, like happy, secure, whatever that means and looks like for you life. And that comes with having all those factors in a relationship as well. And I think growth, (laughs) I think comparatively though, Connell is probably the best dude that Marianne is with throughout the entirety of the book. Oh, 100%. Uh, Speaking of romances in the book. Yes. I, but I think, I think the thing is, is that it isn't until the very, very end of the book. And this is a spoiler. So skip ahead a few times if you don't want to know. Marianne is not ready for a relationship until the very end of the book. And you know that because she tells him to go and then she's ready to be with somebody. And I don't think realistically, if there's a sequel, I don't think it would be Connell. I think that I don't think so either. They would end up like meeting each other again when they're like old and 70 and then like be friends or something. But um, so she was constantly in bad relationships and Connell relied on Marianne to feel better, even though she was also like freaking him out because Mm -hmm. he had so much anxiety wrapped up in their childhood together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But honestly, every single romance in this book was just hard. Garbage. Uh, The spice meter on this romance, all of the romances in this book is like half. Half a spice? Is that half a spice? Like a like a sprinkling <laughs> like of salt? Half a pepper. I don't even like <laughs> black pepper. It's not that spicy. <laughs> the show is spicier, gotta the show say. Oh, good. Spicy. okay. But like, you guys are convincing me to watch the show. The oh, show you're amazing. To. You have to watch it. I think it's interesting though, because that's just kind of Sally Rooney's style. Like mm. even in conversations with friends, which is about an affair. Any sex scene is like very methodical. It's like this happened, then this happened. Beep boop, beep boop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the end. And that's just how it is. <laughs> like, I mean, she I doesn't get fine. very spicy. I, it doesn't bother me. It's just like if someone's looking for a, a hot read, don't go to normal people. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, it I would hope you feel don't. feelings, but no. not. Those wouldn't be a a arousal of any sort, Mm -hmm. probably. (laughs) Sorry, kids. We're going to have to use the spice meter for all of our books moving forward. I love that. (laughs) I love a spice meter. Uh, Um, Well, sort of moving on, um, would you guys say that there's an antagonist in the book? I feel like there's more, it's more of a morally gray character except for her brother Mm, her brother is awful i feel but i feel like those are more like antagonistic forces there's not like Mm -hmm. one thing that they're sort of fighting against one bad guy trying to keep connell and marion apart there's just there's a lot of like not great people in the book yeah there's a lot of trauma and um abuse that sort Mm -hmm. of happens in and around, especially Marianne's life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jamie's not great, in my oh, opinion, either. He's the worst. He's the worst. Um, I Yeah, I think definitely, like, Connell and Marianne's burdens <laughs> are <laughs> a good antagonist for the book. I mean, like, all their kind <laughs> of, like, past <laughs> baggage that just keeps coming up. It's like, oh, well, you again. <laughs> yeah. 
hey, haven't dealt with that yet. <laughs> right. We have not unpacked this. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Will they ever TBD? Yeah. It's TBD. very like man versus self. And you have mm-hmm. a lot of people working against themselves in a room and yeah, they just subs. don't know. <laughs> they don't know what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, uh, speaking of mental health, we'll probably be talking about that for the next few minutes. So skip ahead if you have no interest in hearing about degenerative qualities of mental health. Um, how do we all think Rooney handles the aspect of it, both in general, like in the setting of the book, and then also with Connell and Marianne. I, it's it's kind of hard to say because again, like the first time I read through it, I like I thought Connell was just kind of an asshole. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was. I I had very little sympathy for him, and um, it wasn't until like near the end where he talked about having depression, and he was clearly like really really struggling with. Um, he loses one of his friends, and he was like really having a hard time where I began to understand his character. And then when I saw the television show, I really saw it like viscerally what they were both experiencing with their mental health. So it's very interesting because I feel like she provides such an accurate portrayal, but I don't necessarily feel like she handles it delicately. Like she, she, and she never explicitly says what's going on. It's just that Mm -hmm. you're sort of, left with the manuscript of what's going on. And as the reader, you have to put together the puzzle to realize what they are feeling and experiencing sometimes. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. I think it was, it took all the way until Marianne was in Sweden for me to realize that she actually was just incredibly depressed. Mm, Yeah. Like, I don't think Marianne had anxiety the way that Connell did but I think that she was prone to like bouts of depression which I mean makes sense because she has very low self-worth self oh god I can't even say it now self-worth um just based on you know her upbringing and how she was treated like she was told she was garbage Mm -hmm. and so she believed believed she was garbage Mm -hmm. and it's is hard but it wasn't until she like had that dissociative line where i was like oh oh okay yeah and then connell uh being super anxious all of the time again really didn't (laughs) it was that cider in the backpack where i was like ah yes i understand this feeling uh is very funny for me but that's just because i also have anxiety (laughs) and i like recognizing it in other characters (laughs) same (laughs) that's that's kind of why you know I don't know like if well is necessarily the right word but I did like the way that Mm. she portrayed mental health in the book because Mm -hmm. instead of it being stated explicitly I just kind of felt seen or like I felt as I was reading it that and also like I think a lot of people could feel seen too, which mm-hmm. I think is interesting. You know, some people are more aware of the vocabulary of mental health than others. And especially nowadays, especially yeah. nowadays, 
And I think, you know, even if some people don't want to address certain things, I mean, there's so much of that happening in the world right now, especially too. like everyone has a struggle. It's, it was kind of cool to see it not have a word to it, that it was just this, these Mm -hmm. feelings that could feel universal and general and anyone could be in that position. And when you're reading it, I at least felt like, wow, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about that thing. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like I can really relate to that. And, you know, I feel really seen in Marianne in some ways too. Like I also just think she's a badass in a lot of ways, but it's interesting. So yeah, I, I kind of like what you said though, Maggie, about how either it being like, not necessarily like, how did she handle it? Did she handle it well? Like, I don't know if I would necessarily say well, because it is, I mean, it is definitely a dark read at points. Yeah. And I think any viewer of this would have to be prepared going into it. If you're interested in diving into this world, it is definitely a big topic that's at least underlining and definitely hard to read at points, but also that's, the human experience for some people too. And if you're really interested in kind of learning more about humans and this particular relationship, I think it would be, you know, I think you could enjoy it as well and feel, feel seen in some ways too. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's definitely like a worthwhile read and definitely, how do I want to put this? A very, it's a, it has it's not like a hot take on mental health. That's definitely mm-hmm. not what I mean. But she yeah. writes it in a way that is different to yes. how um, other authors right mm-hmm. now are writing about it. So um, I definitely think it's worth checking out. But also do what you need to do. You yeah, know? protect yourself. Take care of yourself always first and foremost. This is, you know, I don't think these characters have vocabulary, like mental health vocabulary in their toolbox, which is why I yeah. think a lot of the, right. a lot of these things are very prominent and don't really have a name. And you're kind of just going through the motions and feeling that something's not right, rather than having it be labeled as such. I mean, you can put the pieces together, like you said, but yeah. Do either of you know what year or like years time frame this book takes place in? Yes. Because that was something I had a hard time. It takes place from 2011 to 2015. Okay. So like 2011 was kind <laughs> of not really a time where people were focusing on mental health quite yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the no, words weren't, weren't really there in the first place. And There's in also, Ireland yeah. too, like – I have no yeah. idea what that conversation looks like in Ireland, yeah, especially at that time. Either. Too, I can assume at that point it probably wasn't being talked about. Probably less so than because I feel like New York, at least California, at least are fairly forward-thinking in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and you know, not that this even should be that, but sometimes it can be placed yeah. under that category where. I don't know if that would necessarily, to put things in that context of 2011 in Ireland, like, gosh, I, I, I have no idea. Think so, but so I, if you're an Irish listener, please let us know, let us know. <laughs> like, the state of mental health going on. I would love please. to know. Yeah. That's actually amazing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know if we have any Irish listeners. I have no idea. Cool. I haven't like looked recently. I I hope that would too. be cool. That would be awesome. Shout we out. probably will after Sally Rooney, maybe. Possible, oh, yeah. yeah. Like one person. <laughs> um, well, sort of a fun and floofy question. But if you mm-hmm. could be a character from this book, who would you be and why? Oh, gosh. To be a character in this book. <laughs> yes. I would not be a character in this book. If I had to be someone, Self-care. I would be Marianne's <laughs> nice friend. What's her name? Oh, Karen. 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 The the one from high school. I like Karen. Yes, she that would be nice. the only one I would want to be. Her lesbian friend that she talks to about social constructs is cool too. Facts. Also, I, I mean, I like Connell's character. mom too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lorraine. Yeah. yeah, she's cool. I think she's very sweet and also free her (laughs) just the best of luck to all of them honestly is all I have to say I I do love Marianne a lot I don't know if I would choose to be her she's just a baddie that's all I I think she's very intelligent but also I feel for her yeah Um, I I feel for both of them of course they're hurting they're hurting Mm -hmm. I just want the best for them I want you know separately ride off into the sunset and um <laughs> like, like they both start riding off together and then peel away from each other and go opposite directions into the sunset i'm saying self-care <laughs> do take your separate paths someone take a bubble bath someone go to therapy someone you know mm-hmm. indulge in the in the finer things in yeah, life there we go. Not, not with each other yeah this is All just right. a really long epilogue. <laughs> <laughs> We're writing the end of I the book for you guys. Fun, awesome. fact. Fun fact, in uh, high school, we got an extra credit assignment to rewrite the ending of Old Man in the Sea. And I got an A plus because I killed him off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Olivia. Oh, my gosh. You and I would have been best friends in high school I had to do a similar thing with a different I don't even remember what the book was but we rewrote the ending and I killed one of the characters nice like like the boat came back like he got the fish the fish was on the boat but he was like it that got him that knocked him out it was too much wow beautiful Olivia that's amazing (laughs) Um, well, you guys, we have talked so much about the TV show. Do True. we want to delve into it anymore? I, I just want to know like... where to find it. Oh, um, Hulu. Hulu, right? Oh, okay. Nice. Yes. I literally got the free trial to watch this show. I waited. I was like, I'm just going to wait for the show to come out. That'll be my <laughs> seven-day trial. Yep, yep. That's and I then did. we'll be done. And Perfect. We'll be like, cancel Hulu. No, <laughs> Not sponsored by Hulu. <laughs> um, Hulu. Sorry, Hulu. Um, but I you actually could. don't have Hulu. All right. No? Don't, don't sponsor Hulu. Oh, I don't know anything about Hulu. We don't have yeah, Hulu I don't here. really know either. And, I but, mean, I have Hulu, but I don't know. Oh, you do? Yeah. It's it's pretty short, the show as well. Right, Maggie? It was like eight episodes, maybe? Ye- Ten, maybe? Ten, oh, 30 it? minutes, though. Like, they're yes. all half hour. Okay. Five and hours of content. The casting, I thought, was so well done. I thought, like, perfect fits all around. And you also got to see 
them by themselves a little bit more, I thought, as well. Like, yeah. you know, I that was kind of nice to see them not always together. And it can make you, you know, feel... Feel more for this them. This is what this one's going for. Mm-hmm. This one's, yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. So I really enjoyed though. it. Me too. So and do the, we and have... And felt nice, too. I don't know why. Yeah. It did. It felt really nice on the TV yeah. show. Not is the it the same, same as, as the book? book? It's yes. not the same as the book. It, it is. is the same, but it feels different. Oh, I like that. Um, yeah, I'll have to check it out. I'm between shows currently. Oh, well, Julia, dare we suggest? Sna- sneak her in. Dare we. <laughs> dare we. We dare. <laughs> we do. <laughs> uh, all right. So do we have any book recommendations for people that have already read Normal People? Well, my personal favorite Sally Rooney is Conversations with Friends. I highly recommend it. It is about two female friends who sort of become friends with an actor and his wife. And one of them gets involved in an affair with him. And it also has to do with her physical health. Um, Mm -hmm. She has a lot of problems with her um, period, I guess, without like delving too much into it. So it is... I I just love it. I love what it says about relationships and friendships and what we say to protect ourselves. I just think mm-hmm. it's so genius. And that's also going to be a show, which I'm pretty jazzed about. Uh, yes. Oh. yes. I'm very excited about that. I think Starring... all of Sally Rooney's books are going to be shows probably. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So that would be my biggest recommendation, I guess. And I actually haven't read this since like high school, so it might be a bad book. I don't really remember, but it's kind of along the same theme, which is One Day. Um, oh, yes. Dang it, Maggie. I was going to recommend that one. Sorry. Sorry. That was really, really loud. <laughs> I know my ears like shook. <laughs> Sorry. The tension. I <laughs> thought I was being clever. No, I read that in high school too. I'm so Sorry. <laughs> So we double recommend. We double that. recommend. One day. Double recommend. I love it. <laughs> you have to read it now. It it's just it's int- it uh, just stammering now. You're beside yourself. I am. I'm so amazed that someone else has read this book. I just think it's cool. It reminded me of this one because normal people's chapters are like just a few months down the line. Like it's never except for one instance, it's never immediately following the last chapter. It's always a few weeks. It's always a few months. Um, And one day, all of the chapters are literally on the same day, but the next year, which is interesting. And it Mm. spans like 20 years or something. Ridiculous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that book Um, have anything to do with the Anne Hathaway movie? Yes. Is the Anne Hathaway movie. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Where she has the worst British accent known to mankind. I don't remember that (laughs) whatsoever. It's like so bad. (laughs) (laughs) So I got um, (laughs) When Harry Met Sally vibes from Normal People too. Like Normal People is a more depressing version of When Harry Met Sally. Hmm. I can see what you're saying. Two friends constantly being around each other that want like get romantically involved or or stuff. Um, But then my next and last recommendation from a vibe that I got was Perks of Being a Wallflower. Mm. 
Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. That one, that one goes along the same vibe of mental health. Mm, that one's sad. Mm-hmm. That one was my favorite book in high school. Mine too. Julia. <laughs> We're just what really is- vibing today, Olivia. This is. <laughs> Sorry, Maggie. No. <laughs> No, fun story about Maggie and I is the first time we met, we literally shared a bed in a cabin together because we didn't want to be in a room with a creepy baby crib. Yeah. (laughs) Olivia and I did this weird, not weird, a Halloween show up in the Catskills and we all got split into different rooms in this cabin and they were about to put us in the room with a crib. And we were like, heck to the no. <laughs> so we shared a bed so that we could not be in the creepy baby room. We did. We That's had met call. that day. And obviously, <laughs> we have flourished ever since. So Nice. Awesome. So, Olivia, do you have any recommendations? Oh, do I? I, I have been on such a reading kick recently. Fiction, for some reason. Because that... I fly through fiction books for some reason more so mm-hmm. than nonfiction. I really love yeah. them, but sometimes it just requires a little more concentration from me. But I really loved In Five Years. It's a new, mm. shorter book that came out. And it's it's hard to explain, but I liked it because the thing that they sort of give away the ending in the first chapter but it's not what you think. Like it's, there's a twist still. So Ooh, it's really sweet, cool. but there is definitely romance in there. And there's um, a really beautiful best friendship. Love that. And then I also have really liked uh, taste by Stanley Tucci by life through food. Not gonna yes. lie. Wait, fan. so is that, is it a recipe book or so, what is it? It's like, a memoir and each core memory will have like a recipe attached to it. So it is a book, but there are some recipes kind of sprinkled in there. I think for some reason I thought it was going to be like a straight up just cookbook. Just me and my Stanley Tucci. (laughs) (laughs) Falling asleep, reading recipes. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Stanley. That's why I had to ask. (laughs) Fair enough. Honestly, fair enough. But also, I really loved um, The Midnight Library. I thought that oh, was a really love lovely book. book. I yes. still haven't read that. Julia. It's like so I'm sorry. No, it'll make you feel so, like, I at least felt really light afterwards. Like, it oh, made me okay. feel like, wow, everything happens for a reason. And, like, we're so lucky to mm-hmm. be living a life and all that, all that fun jazz. So... On a on a lighter note to end, that will probably be my my light, happy recommendation book. Perfect. Awesome. Love Thank it. You. Well, Olivia, before we say goodbye to you today, where should the good people of Novel Finds Podcast find you if they want any more content from you? Are you doing any shows in New York right Ooh. now? I'm not in a show currently right now, but I'm I'm always bopping around on Instagram uh, at Olivia A. Grady is my handle. And then I'm updating arts things to my website at Olivia-Grady.com. And yeah, I'm, I'm around. 
mostly virtually at the moment, but <laughs> I'm okay. definitely around. Love it. Well, if you guys are interested in following Olivia Grady's journeys, I will link her Instagram and her website to this episode bio. And with that, um, we say goodbye to you, Olivia. Thank you so, so much for being on our Thank podcast you. today. Thank you. You both are the best and so lovely. And I appreciate everyone who listened. This is so exciting. I love books. Like, read. <laughs> Seriously, like any takeaway from this should just be like, find the thing that you love and are interested in going down a rabbit hole. You know, don't Mm -hmm. read something because you feel like you have to. Reading is a joy and a half. So read the thing that you are interested in, I think. 100%. Love that. Couldn't say it better myself. Read books. (laughs) Read books. Read books. Okay. Well, (laughs) with that... We heckin' did it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We heckin' did (laughs) it. If you like what you heard, share us with your other bookish friends and family. If you're listening with Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review the show. And we're off to record our newest mini-sode for our Patreon. So if you're interested in joining our Novel Finds community on Patreon, follow the link in our bio. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Novel Finds Podcast. Thank you for being a novel friend. We'll see you all in two weeks. Bye. Bye.